Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. I have a very important uh, New Year prophetic message for us not just us, but the church. And it's entitled, it's a year of comfort, vengeance, and glory. I actually gave this message 16 years ago, in 2006. Thinking that it was going to be fulfilled at that time, but it wasn't. You know, that happened even with the New Testament um, apostles and prophets. There were many things they thought was going to happen, but as the years went by, they saw it, it was correct. It was God, but it wasn't time. But the time is upon us. And um, you will see this as I proceed in this message. 16 is a significant number because it is 2 times 8, which is the witness of new beginnings. And as I proceed with the message, you will understand better. Because, see, God is a good God. I didn't hear you. I don't know if some people doubt whether God is a good God. I said God is a good God. You know, I was teaching a few weeks ago in uh, School of Perfection. And, uh, you know, we're teaching from Matthew, I think it was, you know. And he says, if you being evil know how to give good things to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give good things to them that ask him? And Luke, it records it as give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. Why would Jesus say that? Because you see, many times men doubt the goodness of God because of the bad experiences they've had in their lives. People have prayed and they didn't get answer to some of their prayers. People have prayed for loved ones who were sick and the people didn't get healed and they died. You know, so it, there, it, many times in our lives, there's been an accumulation in the background of our minds of a lot of disappointments. You know, and we say, well, if God is there, you know, I prayed and I did the best I could. I don't know why God didn't do this. We, we, many of us do not openly rebel against God. Because we know that is wrong. But somewhere at the back of our minds, somewhere in our subconscious, there's this thought that, well, you know, you never really know. And, and, and that is what James, this is what I was teaching in School of Perfection a few weeks ago, was trying to correct in the book of James. When he said that, let no man say, when he's tempted, I am tempted of God. He said, for God tempteth no man. And he cannot be tempted with evil. But every man, when he's tempted, he's tempted and drawn away of his own lust. And lust, when it's, it brings forth sin, and then sin brings forth death. He said, what, the next statement is critical. Every Christian should go and write this, not just in, the, in their hearts. Do not err, my beloved brethren. In other words, it is an error to ascribe evil to God. Do not err. My beloved brethren. And then the next thing that comes out of his mouth, you know, is that the fact that, you know, uh, 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 in him, 
every good. He, he says, don't err. Don't make this mistake. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. In whom there is no variableness. Neither he is not good today and bad tomorrow. He is not bad yesterday and good today. In whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. You need to be established in that in your Christian life. Sadly, many of us are not. Because, like I said, of bad experiences people have had. And many of us, you know, fall into the trap of Job. Horrible things happen to Job. And Job was a good man. Even God testified of that. So you begin to ask the question, if good people like Job, and, and, and Job said, I will make, he said, even if I die, I will maintain my integrity before him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. But there were still questions at the back of his mind. Then he kept telling God, you know, I, I helped the widow, I helped the poor, I did this, I did that, you know, and so why would you allow this kind of thing to happen to me? His friends who didn't have a better, a, as good understanding of God as Job did. All of them were wrong, including Job. But his friends were more wrong, if you like. You know, they were even far out. They kept saying, oh, Job, you must have done some terrible thing. Maybe you committed adultery. Maybe you were a hypocrite. Maybe all these thing, good things you're doing is just superficial. You know, for God will not allow this kind of thing to happen to you unless you must have done something wrong. You know, and Job said, no. Say, you're not better than me. I didn't do anything wrong. And he was right. Job was right. He didn't do anything morally wrong. But later down in the book of Job, God now says, who is this who darkens my counsel, whose words are without knowledge? And the scripture is very clear in the book of Hosea, in the Old Testament uh, prophet. He said, you know, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. That's what happened to Job. It wasn't a lack of doing moral things. Job was morally upright. But he was omitting spiritual law. And that opened the door for enemy to come in. I put us into remembrance of that to say that, you see, when bad things happen to us or Christians, you know, and even though we're good people, in quotes, in terms of morally upright, I didn't sin, I didn't commit adultery, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't steal i didn't womanize i didn't you know all the things we consider to be bad things and they are bad things you know and yet you know it's hard ah, this good man why would god allow that kind of thing to happen to him it builds this is a stronghold it builds a history in our subconsciousness that makes us begin to think that as god is good but why would this happen and what i just told you now is the answer my people perish. Good people. Job people. I use the word, I use Job as a type. Job, good, good people like Job perish for a lack of knowledge. And that's what God told him. He said, you darken my counsel. Because he started trusting in moral good works. And he neglected spiritual law. And that problem still exists today. Comfort, vengeance, and glory. So in these last 16 years, God has given the church, we thought it was going to happen that year, 2016 happened. You know, God, that's, that's what I said, God is a good God. He said, I give them space. 
to a church in Laodicea. And one of the other churches, I think Sardis somewhere. So I give them space. God's given us space. These 16 years. Witness of new beginnings. He gives space for us to get our act together. And I want to thank God that in scripture, pastor here, to the glory of God, by the grace of God, you know, I thank God for mommy starting Good Morning Jesus. Good Morning Jesus has helped so many people. All of us know that before, it wasn't that we were not praying, but you know, the day you like, you pray. The day you don't like, you don't pray. Some days you will wake up late, you won't pray. Some that goes, that goes for three, four days. Then you gradually correct it again. Let me see all the honest ones who are going to heaven with me. All right? We know what we're talking about. But since that 2018, how many people can say honestly their prayer life has gone up? They have changed. Not in, in consistency, not just that you're doing it, but you know, you can even see the purity in your life. The change in your thinking, the change in your attitude. If, if, if you are, give, give me a wave offering. God was getting you ready. God, God knows what he's going to do. I'll tell you something, folks. God is going to do what he said he's going to do. He will not, it doesn't change. But because he's a good God, and he's kind and he's merciful. He gives us space, time, in order to correct some things in our lives so that we can be ready when he begins to do what he's, do, he's going to do. And so that is why the Holy Spirit spoke to me that this is, you now need to go and preach for the time is now. Turn with me first of all in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 61. The great prophetic proclamation by the Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave at the beginning of his, around the beginning of his ministry in his home synagogue. They didn't have churches in those, but they had synagogues. You know, in Nazareth, he was instructed by the Holy Spirit to, to make this declaration. Which declaration I actually made also earlier on in 2022. And it is still current. This is what we, the, the Bible refers to as present truth. In other words, this is truth that is presently being prophetically fulfilled. In other words, the time for the fulfillment is present. That's why we call it a present truth. And so the Lord Jesus, he read this scripture. Uh, he, uh, you find that in Luke chapter 4 somewhere. But I'm going to read it from Isaiah because I'm going to contextualize it in the, uh, in, in, in the context of its present day prophetic fulfillment. When Jesus said it, he said it in the context of the fulfillment of his own time and ministry. And there, were one or, there was something he left out. He left out the vengeance. He didn't talk about that. He stopped. <coughs> but today, we cannot leave that out because that is going to be a part of what God, that is why it is comfort, vengeance, and glory. I'm going to read Isaiah 61 and following. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, I didn't hear you. Because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. If you read the King James in, in, in Luke, it says poor. 
That's why this Isaiah one is, you know, uh, uh, the King James people translate it, but really the word is meek. I, I could go on and on about that, but let, let me just quickly, because when the Holy Spirit flashes me, it's flashed me now, you know, I'll quickly, you know, tell you. You see, the word meek is a crucial word. It means teachable and humble. Of all the things Jesus told us that we could learn about him, Jesus had wisdom. He had power. He didn't say, take my and, and learn of me. He said, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Why, why did he pick that one? Why did he pick? Why did he even say, learn of my wisdom? Why did he say, you know, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And many of us are like that. Good people. We love God. We pray and we're laboring, you know, intercession, you know, waking up early in the morning, fasting. All that is labor. And many times we feel, we feel a heaviness, you know, when we are doing those things. And it's not wrong initially. But you see, the more meek you become, and that's why it's in one of our, the first confession of every day, I choose to fear God. So I humble myself. Submit to the will of God even when I don't feel like it, especially in prayer. Knowing the certainty of his judgment if I disobey. And the security of his mercy when I obey. So, I am more, if you say, it's an essential prayer. I know you are meek already, but you need to be more meek. So, I am, I am more meek and lowly in heart, you know. And I, what's the last part of it? You know, uh, I am more meek and I'm lowly in heart and there's something else. And, and I remain small, thank you, relative to God in my own sight. I didn't pick those words out of heart. I was led by the Spirit to put, because we all need it. And that's why he said, he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. In other words, it's the meek that are going to enjoy the good, the good things. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim or declare the acceptable year of the Lord, this 2023, and the day of the vengeance of our God. Jesus did not read that in Nazareth, because in his own time, it was not going to be fulfilled. But today, it's going to be fulfilled. To a point. Oh, no, 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 I got ahead of myself. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the day of the vengeance of our God. To comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give them. Them who? Them that mourn in Zion. We're going to come back to that. Beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they, they who, they that mourn in Zion, might be called the trees of righteousness. One of the other translations is oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. We're seeing the glory now. And they, these People who are mourning in Zion. These people who are being comforted. 
will build the whole place places. I didn't hear you. And they will raise up the former desolations. And they shall repair the waste cities and the desolations of many generations. This prophecy is being fulfilled as I speak. And we're going to see more of its fulfillment as we go into 2023, which is the reason for this New Year message. You see three things here. You, free, you see comfort, you see vengeance, and you see glory. Comfort for those who are mourning in Zion. I'm going to explain that in a minute. Vengeance for those who are at ease in Zion. I'm going to explain that. And sadly and regrettably, a great majority of the church, two-thirds, the Bible says two-thirds shall be caught up in Zechariah, are at, they're at ease. They haven't got a clue. Don't let me... I don't, I don't want to sound arrogant. So, you know, many of them don't have an understanding of the times and what is happening. They think it's business as usual. And a lot of people are going to be in for a rude shock. By the time I finish the message, you'll be able to appreciate more of what I'm saying. This New Year message is a sobering message. It's not every message that is, you know, you know, people... Uh, the Bible says, you know, they, they like to just, you know, give you a lot of hype, and just make you shout and all of that. I'm just going to tell you the truth. Like I've said so many times over the years, you know, I'm not your servant. I serve you, but I'm not your servant, you see. I'm God's servant, and you don't dictate the menu. God does. My own job is to serve you. And I'm not going to play to the gallery just to make you shout. I'm going to tell you the truth so I can save you. So I can bless you. So God through me can bless you and fulfill his word and his, his purpose to you in Jesus' name. So you see those three things. Everybody say comfort, vengeance, and glory. This the manifestation of the glory of God through individual leaders that have completed the temple of God in their souls and bodies is going to take place. As typified, I shared with you last week, last year. You know, we, uh, you know, this uh, 2022. You know, expecting that the glory of God would have around time feast of Tabernacle, which is still going to happen. But we saw now in the book of First Kings that the temple was finished in, 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 in the 11th year of, uh, uh, of uh, Solomon's reign. You know, anyway, it took seven and a half years, but it was not dedicated until the year after. You know? And we saw that in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ in John chapter 2 verse 11 when he began to manifest the glory of God in uh, Cana of Galilee. It was not attached to a feast day. So that's an individual thing. The individual thing is not attached to the time of the feast in particular, but it's, of course, it, 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 it synchronizes with the season, but
but not with the day or the hour. And that's what we're expecting now. So those who individually have completed their temples can now manifest on an individual basis the glory of God. So these people will uh, cause the glory of God to come into manifestation. And that glory will bring comfort. It will bring comfort to those who are mourning in Zion. You know, and who are following after these people. Like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And the glory will come and it will, it will comfort them. You know, and, 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 and it will be made manifest. So it will bring comfort to those who are mourning in Zion. But vengeance to those who are at ease in Zion. And sadly so many are. You know people laugh at us. I say laugh, you know. Mock. The Bible says scoffers will mock. You know. And say, ah, they've been talking about these things, you know. And others say, you don't need all of that. You don't need all that prayer. You don't need all that fasting. Why should you be getting up at four o'clock in the morning to pray? Ah, you know, she will look by That means in our language, was it you that killed Jesus' mother? They say that, you know, you know, uh, uh, symbolically, you know. I mean, you, I mean, you don't have to go through all of that. You know, you, just, you can just take it easy. You know, after all, the Bible says his yoke is easy and his burden is light, which is a complete misapplication of that scripture. You know, and, and, and you should just, you know, you know the, the Bible says they are easy in Zion. And I want to show them to you because you'll be able to identify a lot of Christians by this and most, more importantly, yourself. And if you see yourself there, that's the purpose of prophetic messages to help you to change. Look at them in, our, in Amos chapter 6. <laughs> I, just got a, I just got a tweet from heaven. You know, you know, God hears your heart. He hears what people, when, when, you know, it may not be people who are here, it might be a few people here, maybe people who are watching me online. God hears the heart. You know, when you talk, God knows what you're saying inside your heart. Some, somebody just said in their heart that I don't like all these Old Testament scriptures. I don't like them. You know, I don't like that Old Testament. Jesus is the New Testament. Jesus gave food to the hungry. He healed the sick. He raised a head. That's what I like. I don't like all this. It's the same God. He has never changed. In fact, Jesus is tougher in the New Testament than he is in the Old. It's because you haven't read enough of him. If you see, if you see his statements to the churches, the seven churches in the book of Revelation, you'll be wondering whether you're reading the Old or New Testament. But it's New Testament. He has not changed. See, what people don't understand, honey, is that when God has a purpose to fulfill, he's not going to allow anything or anyone to stop that purpose from being fulfilled because it's for the greater good. And that's why he gives us space like he told in the book of Revelation. There was one silly woman, you know, who was teaching in one of the churches, called herself prophetess. You know, God, Jesus called her Jezebel, which is a type, you know, and says that, you know, he said to them, he said, you better tell her and those that are committing adultery and fornication with her, they better change. He said, because if they don't change, he says, 
I will kill her children with death. And I will cast them into great tribulation. New Testament. Say, but I gave her space to repent. Say, but she did not. Say, and this is what I'm going to do. So all the churches will know that I am the God who judges the reins and the hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. So repent. So he gives them another space. <laughs> give the Lord a clap offering. I know you don't, people don't like those. <laughs> You know, whether you like it or not, that's, a, you know, that's the God I serve. And we're not going to change the Bible for anybody. Amos chapter 6. I'm going to read verse 1. And I'll read verses 4 to 6. We're talking about those who are at ease in Zion. See if you can identify yourself with this. And if you do, repent. Get rid of it quick. Whoa! I didn't hear you. To them that are at ease in Zion, that trust in the mountain of Samaria, which are named the chief of the nations, to whom the house of Israel came. Let me just give you that. That just means people who are involved in idolatry. Which is what a lot of the church today is. To idolatry is not just going to bow to uh, these uh, gods you know, uh, graven in images. Back in the Old Testament, it was like that. But in the New Testament, idolatry is covetousness. Worshipping of money. And it's, it's rife in the church today. Two churches in the book of Revelation can be used to identify the great majority of the church today. Not all the church, but a large number Laodicea, and this other one I spoke about, I think it's Sardis, I don't remember which, you know. The one where this woman, Jezebel, was, and he said, I will kill her children with death and cast them into a great bed of tribulation, except they repent. The Laodicean church is this one that trusts in Samaria. Says, I am rich. I have need of nothing. He says, you are poor. You are blind, you are naked, and you are miserable. He said, I would that you were hot or cold. He said, but because you are lukewarm, I will spew you out of your mouth, my mouth. The same thing is saying here. These are people who are easy in Zion. They're in Zion. Zion now, in this context, referring to the whole church. Sometimes Zion refers to the perfect church. But in this particular context, it's referring to the whole church. Verse 4. Let me show you their characteristics. They lie upon beds of ivory. I didn't hear you. Don't be afraid to read the Bible. <laughs> they lie upon beds of ivory. You know, an ivory bed is a bed of prosperity, you know. You spend a lot of money to get an ivory bed. And God is not against us being prosperous. Don't get, don't, don't get it wrong. It's just... He doesn't like us to indulge and use it for the pleasures of the flesh. These guys should be getting up early in the morning to pray. Instead, they will sleep on the bed of ivory. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, 
transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you, and God bless you.